All around the world, poverty is stealing choices from kids. It's time to give those choices back. Introducing Chosen, World Vision's new invitation to sponsorship. For the first time, kids have the power to choose their own sponsors. Now the choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future. And even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Learn more at worldvision.org slash chosen. Hey, patrons. Welcome to the Utah Outcast Secret Patron Show. Fuck, I'm tired. Uh, I want to take a second to thank you guys for all your support. If you're hearing this right now in the... Fuck it, it's the midst of January, so it's going to be mid, mid-July before you guys get to hear this kind of stuff out there. You're missing out on a lot of stuff, and you could be hearing it all for just a buck a week. Anyways, uh, regardless of how you're catching the show, we're glad to have you along. And on this week's episode of The Secret Patron Show, we are, and this is mainly due to the fact that we had this week on the old episodes come up on the on the the podcast feed we're going to do the uh, getting to know you section where last time we did this we we talked a bit about um you know what's weird stuff about the panelists we might not know about but i was hoping jeff was going to be here only because he's the newest panelist and it would be fun to kind of like dig into his past a little bit but unfortunately he's not here tonight God damn my plans, X. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, we're going to talk about, uh, we're just going to riff on whatever we want to talk about. And Felicia, you had a pretty interesting topic that you wanted to, to bring up. And yeah, go ahead. Um, so every, everyone seems to think that they can do stand up. No, like, it, <laughs> yeah, no, you cannot. So, I mean, everyone uh, who is conversationally funny or can, you know, throw out a fairly good, that's what she said, thinks that they can do the stand-up and, uh, or they think that they're a particularly good storyteller in a social setting. And so they go to open mic night and they fucking bomb. Like, that's not good. Nobody thinks they're funny. And I don't know, I just, I, um, it's something all three of us have talked about and all three of us have some history in performing arts. Yeah. And the thing is that stand up is a performing art. You have to work <laughs> yeah, on yeah. that shit. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just so funny to me. Everyone seems to think like that they are, they're so funny. Not everyone, but everyone who is funny in a conversation seems to think that they are good on a stage. Mm-hmm. And on a stage is a completely different monster. And um, I don't know. It's just good. It's, uh, what do you guys think? Like when what what is something that everyone seems to think that they are that they are not? I guess when it comes to stand up. Uh, for me, uh, there's a lot of people out there that think they are personally re- relatable to a lot of the audience out there, and. A lot of your guys' story, people that here live here in Utah, be like, hey, I go to church every weekend. No, that's not going to relate to a lot of people. That that not specifically, but I'm just saying that, you know, living in a 360,000 square foot square uh, square foot house with living in debt up to your eyeballs of stuff, you know, that's not going to relate to a lot of the, the lay people out in the world out there. And, you know, trying to make a joke be like, so I was sitting in my loft the other day and I was thinking to myself, like, no, that's not going to work, man. I mean, there's, well, there's I mean, many other things that work out there, but, but the thing is, like, people, 
what works in comedy is honesty and tragedy. You know, yeah. Comedy, comedy is honestly tragedy with time, <laughs> and so I, I tend to think of a lot of my most self-deprecating stories that I could bring up. You know, that that's the reason I bring up the the watching my parents' sex tape kind of thing is because it it makes me go, oh god, at the time. But like now that it's been twenty years, I'm like, that was fucking funny. <laughs> that's <laughs> because- <laughs> funny as shit. Funny as shit. The, uh- that's hilarious. One one of the one of the big uh, misconceptions or, or mistakes that uh, a lot of people will make when they go into when they go into an open mic or they think they're going to uh, give stand up a try, uh, there's a big difference between uh, creating comedy and adding comedy. Right. So you can you can throw out a uh, throw out a joke, riff off of a situation or uh, something somebody said in conversation and then and have and have it be very very funny genuinely funny you can be funny in that moment in that context but if you remove that context <laughs> yeah, it nothing. doesn't work <laughs> right so i've right, seen the context I, yeah yeah good I've luck having, to, having uh, jokes that work in utah work outside of utah <laughs> right yeah, I've seen I, I've seen a lot of a lot of people go to open mic and they they start by trying to build that context. So they start telling a story and it's not funny. So the, I was at this place and right. it was no, it's really funny because this because this guy was mm-hmm. like kind of well known about the group and like then perfect example. I was like, like Felicia, let's just say like I totally went to dinner at Lakai the other day, and Carrie Jackson from X96 came in, and he totally told me I look like a duck. And it's like, no, that doesn't work because, like, nine out of ten things in that conversation don't fucking work. <laughs> but if there's a context, now in a conversation, somebody mentions a duck, and you're, like, having a conversation, and you're like, and then you're like, you're, you're within it, and you're like, oh, this one time, this one guy called me a duck, and here's how it went. Now that could be funny, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people are un- so. If you're going to do storytelling comedy, you better be prepared to build a goddamn picture. You, you paint better that work, picture. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, that is a very difficult kind of comedy. Uh, another thing that I think uh, a lot of people don't understand, like, oh, this one kills me, is everyone wants to be the cool comedian. And uh, (laughs) yeah, right. I think that the far most successful people are the and a lot of people they end up seeing these people as cool anyway. But the ones that are successful are the ones that are willing to make a fool of themselves because on stage, stage is a very different monster than than film. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. than real life. Uh, So when you are performing in front of a group, if you can go bigger than you think is normal that you think should be received that is the right way to go go bigger go more extreme because on the stage things don't translate very easily unless they're highly dramatic and i and i think that you see a lot of people go up there and they're going to be the cool person and they you know they're not they they they, they want to go up there but they don't want to make a fool of themselves right but uh, they, they don't want to be seen as silly. <laughs> but if you're going to go and do this, you have to be willing 
to make a fool of yourself. Think of 90% of my comedy is self-deprecating. Joan, Joan Rivers. She goes up there and she talks about being old and her breasts dragging on the floor. Right. And she does, she does this big dramatic, like, Oh, and you get old and your breasts just, ah, and you're like stepping on them. And she's like making, like, she's, She's like walking around with a microphone, acting like she's stepping on her own breast. That's fucking hilarious. Oh man, Joan and went. Joan went blue till the day she died. I fucking oh, love yeah. that woman. Joan <laughs> Rivers was hilarious. She was a goddamn comedy genius. Yep. And and it's and you don't have to like hate yourself. Uh, there is a correlation with some comedians suffering from depression, but there's a lot of other ones that just don't. But it's the idea that you can It definitely embrace. takes a marriage, though. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I got one in the bag. I got one just, like, tucked right over here. That's <laughs> comedy. Well, yeah, you, you gotta have you gotta have something to work with. You gotta, you like gotta you have yeah. a real source of pain in order for it to make, yeah. in order for it to make yeah. yourself, like, Laughing funny. Laughing at the darkness. It doesn't work and- to doesn't work to go up there. So I've uh, I've got a pretty good marriage. Um, so my life is great. I have lots I like of every, money. I don't my really have listen. anything to complain about. But <laughs> you know what? No, I feel like there's somebody that can make that work. I feel yeah, like there is a, <laughs> a mundanity that can make that work. Like laughing at the mundane is also mm-hmm. like, but but you have to be so good. And and the thing is that so many people who are funny. Um, they they don't want to take that moment to make a stupid face or to be seen as not cool. And motherfucker, none of us are cool. <laughs> the people who are cool in society are manufactured to be cool. You remember Obama's mom jeans? You remember that shit? Obama is not cool. Or him throwing his Obama first pitch. Is- <laughs> yeah, Obama is not cool. Uh, Michelle Obama is graceful and and delightful and and wise. She's not cool. <laughs> she's still a mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she is she is the 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 the, the, the perfection of grandeur, <laughs> but she's not cool. <laughs> she's head of the fucking local PTO is what she is. <laughs> she's she's wonderful. She's just not cool. And 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 it, even put Barry uh, Barry himself, Barack Obama, he wouldn't be somebody to be like, "Hey, I really want to get a beer with this guy," <laughs> because like, <laughs> you fucking dork. <laughs> I mean, think about when you're with your friends, and uh, I, I mean, just one of my favorite things is uh, when I do something dumb or I'm bad at a thing. Like, I'm I'm a pretty good cook. I I. I try the really difficult recipes and I, some of them I can nail. And if I don't get it, I keep trying. (laughs) One thing I cannot do for my life is flip a goddamn egg. (laughs) A fried egg. Can't flip, cannot flip a fucking fried egg. See, there's a lot of comedy. (laughs) There is. That's pretty, that's a pretty good one. Uh, But like one of my favorite things to do is to look somebody in the face and go, I'm good at other things. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, don't be afraid to be the fool because the fool is in all of us. We're all ridiculous yeah. monkeys in fucking shoes, man. Yep. Like, as much, as, as much as we want to claim to be experts in things, 
No, we suck at 99% of everything else we try at. <laughs> like, I've been cooking we're, for, we're terrible. for fucking, oh, man, at least since I was like seven. So I've got like 29 years, uh, 30 years of cooking now. Fuck, I'm old. Uh, where <laughs> I even realized I still can't flip an egg right sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I fail every time. Ugh. Man. My breakfast potatoes are, are delightful. They are fried in bacon. They, they're spiced. They're nice. They're kind of spicy. Yeah. But they're not too spicy. I can I can cook like a motherfucker. <laughs> and I can flip a fucking egg. You know, the, every the, time I'm like, no! The, uh, the, the trick, the, the secret that... Flip an egg. The trick and the secret to uh, to flipping an egg perfectly every single time. Oh yeah, yeah. Scramble it first. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, I was oh, and then it doesn't, and then it does, and then it doesn't fucking matter. I flipped an omelet, you guys. I flipped an omelet. Oh, I made these beautiful omelets. They were fluffy and flat, like they were perfect. I made these gorgeous. I can't flip a fried egg. <laughs> <laughs> The stoop, like, it's the least thing you do to any food. And you just kick, pack, salt, pepper, and then you go, uh. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. And I can't do it. Like, are we talking, I like, like not even, like, it. shaking the skillet and then flipping the fucking thing and having the egg flop over on the other if side? I, if I shake the skillet, I break the yolk. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> every goddamn time, it just turns into a mess, and then I get stressed out, and... You get me on the wrong day, and I'm crying. It's a mess. It's a mess. I can't. You may not. You you, you may not. You may I not cannot, be waiting. You I may have, not be giving it long enough. No, you you I definitely just, need to make sure it's hard set on one side before you flip it. But every time I do that, then it's cooked through half the way, and I want the runny yolk in the middle, and reduce then I cook it through half. <laughs> oh, reduce the temperature to what? What, what do I reduce my temperature to? Because if I reduce it too low, then it just like Look cooks here, through, through slow. Look here, yeah. honey. I have an electric stove, so I can't quite tell you what temperature to cook it at. Because I'm essentially cooking every meal that I have on a fucking George Foreman range. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> I, I can make carbonara. I can make carbonara. I make a Goddamn gorgeous. I have made a five cheese mac and cheese <laughs> with bacon bits and chives on the top. And it's like, God damn it, Felicia. Holy shit, this is good. Like, I've had people stop and go, Wow. <laughs> and then I go to flip an egg and I'm like, Fuck everything. I hate the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that just mainly goes to your strengths in, which is, is exactly like comedy should be. You, you go exactly. to what your strengths are, you know? And don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself, because it's fucking ridiculous. And oh god, is it liberating to make an ass of yourself. Oh, is this so good? It really is. You take just, yourself just, less seriously. And just seriously. Accept, accept failure and scramble your eggs. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't expect a standing ovation every time you go on stage, you know? Here, okay, here's 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 the big thing, people. As long as you're getting paid to be on the stage, 
it doesn't matter how well you do. But, you know, uh, I think there's a certain value in putting yourself out there. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, the, the thing is, thing like, there, there is a direct correlation between, like, depression and comedians out there. I mean, most comedians <laughs> are severely fucking depressed people, but that's how they deal with their shitty life. Is they decide uh, to go on stage and and talk about people, talk to people about it, you know. The the last thing I'm gonna say is, uh, don't blame the audience. <laughs> if you weren't funny, <laughs> it's not the audience's fault, guys. No, if you have more than ten people that have actually deigned to come to your fucking show, and yeah. you can't make at least three of them chuckle, that's your fault. Oh, and if you're so, uh, if you're you do, can go if you're on doing stage the, and be uh, like. <laughs> shampoo and you can get like three people laughing at that but no no if you can't get people I laughing once at saw, <laughs> I once saw Tig uh, she, she's been on the Sarah, Sarah Silverman show she's a kind of comedian she's fucking hilarious yeah. uh, I, she cracked me up one time <laughs> by pushing a squeaky chair across the stage like that's all she did but like the way it was her mannerisms it was her way she was like hey and just give you a look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely like, have to post any kind of YouTubes we get of anybody doing fucking open mic. <laughs> yeah, and if you go do open mic, keep in mind that you know at least bare minimum <laughs> half the audience there is also there for open mic, <laughs> and they probably hate you before you even get up on stage. Exactly. exactly. So anyway, that that's been enough. Charming I, as shit, motherfucker. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cut it here because man, it's been a long night of recording <laughs> with between yeah. technical difficulties and recording. It's almost two a.m. and we don't <laughs> normally do this, but anyway, we're gonna go to bed. We'll catch you guys again next week with another episode. Indeed. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good night. We'll see you. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.